It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of the Locked On Wizards podcast. I'm your host, Ben Standig. You can, of course, find me on Twitter at Ben Standig, on the interwebs on NBCWashington.com and FanRag Sports primarily. And, of course, you can find all of our podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, or anywhere else you do your podcasting. On this here episode uh, of, of the Locked On Wizards podcast, Really just sort of touching base on what took place over the weekend and looking ahead to this interesting week for the Washington Wizards. The Wizards are off until Tuesday when they get a quick rematch with the Oklahoma City Thunder. They just lost to Russell Westbrook and crew last week in OKC. Last week, I mean, it was like, you know, what, four days ago? What was it, last uh, Thursday? It wasn't that long ago. Uh, so it's a quick turnaround on that rematch. And then after that on Thursday, they face Eastern Conference rival Toronto at home <clears throat> before heading out of town to face Orlando and, and going on another little road trip. So we'll get into all that here in just a second on the basketball in, I was just saying the basketball in the DMV podcast because I just recorded an episode of that podcast. Uh, my college basketball Look uh, around town, the basketball, the DMV podcast. If you're into Maryland, you're into Georgetown, you're into George Mason, I say go check that out. A fun episode. I was just all over town this weekend covering those games. I was at Maryland on Sunday when they lost to Michigan State, which was a very uh, wild, intense scene after the game as Michigan State coach Tom Izzo was grilled by reporters because of the scandals going on with that program, also a tough time for Maryland as their NCAA tournament hopes are starting to fade just a little bit. Uh, and then I spoke to George Mason coach Dave Paulson one-on-one on one after their loss on Saturday, plus plenty of Georgetown, yada, yada, yada. Go check out patreon.com forward slash Ben Standig for all the details on that podcast. All right, that was an unintentional plug, but, you know, got to mention these things, right? Um, <laughs> well, what, what, why not? Alright, now as far as the Wizards go, since we spoke last, they beat, beat up on the Atlanta Hawks over the weekend in, in, in a, in a really sound and one-sided affair. Now, we could sit here and say, well, I mean, of course the Wizards took care of the Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks are not very good. This is what should happen. Let's not give the Wizards a big, uh, you know, a big pat on the back for that. Of course, we know what's been going on with this team. Uh, not just over the course of the season where they've been losing left and right to teams with losing records, and the Hawks certainly have among have one of the worst records in the league, but also more recently, where this team was th- three and six in its last nine games, uh, just looking like a mess defensively, out of sync on both ends of the court, and then further adding to it going into this game, no John Wall, the Wizards rest him with left knee soreness, the same knee. That's been a uh, an issue of late, causing them to miss nine games earlier in the season. Had had, a, uh, had surgery on it in 2016, along with the other knee. But 
the left one is the one that keeps coming up, and yet the Wizards went out and just beat down the Hawks. Uh, very impressive, very impressive in multiple ways. The, the ball was moving, but they have 40 assists in the game. Um, balance attack, uh, Marquise Morris had, had a good scoring game. Otto Porter, Bradley Beal, Kelly Oubre, uh, and, and maybe the biggest individuals. Uh, performances came from Thomas Sadoransky, who got the start with that wall, and Tim Frazier, who his most extensive playing time in, in forever, and he has uh, a monster game with um, <clears throat> assists. The, the, the two of them were just highly efficient and helped really set the tone for this team. 21 assists and three <clears throat> turnovers. Now, uh, you know, let, let, let's not anybody think that the Wizards are better off with John Wall by any stretch. And one game is just one game. The Wizards go out. But we don't know if, if John Wall is going to play on Tuesday or not. He's expected today, meaning Monday, to go meet with the surgeons at the Cleveland Clinic that performed the, the surgery on him in uh, 2016. He said it's, he told reporters on Saturday that it was just about getting a second opinion. So we'll take it at its word. Maybe he rests another game. You know, we'll see. They obviously need John Wall, but I think it was, it, it, it was, it felt like, it felt cathartic, this, this, this win, this game. It felt like a team that needed to get back, to, to, to get back to something they had been doing much earlier in the year where the, where they did have cohesion, where the ball was moving, where they, um, you know, were, were playing in sync and playing together. And some of the post game quotes essentially, um, <clears throat> reflected that. Scott Brooks said on this team's execution, quote, it was great. I thought we played with a great spirit. Our mindset was where it needs to be. It's defending and passing the ball. It was a simple game plan, but they did it with great effort and great passion. Uh, Martin Gortat said on on the team effort, quote, it was an unbelievable win. It sounds funny, but we're excited actually that we got a win. <laughs> There was great ball movement. It was a te- it was a great team victory. We all played for each other. We shared the ball. Everybody was able to take a few more shots today, and everybody was enjoying it. It was great. Um, again, it's one game, but we can't go too crazy. But it does. It, 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 in watching this, it did feel like the, this was the Wizards' chance to finally get, sort of get back to what they need to be doing. I, you guys have heard me talk about this all the time. When John Wall and Bradley Beal are dominating the ball, dominating the shots, this team is typically not at its best. Um, you know, uh, this is not about giving a pass. Nobody's giving a pass to, to Marquise Morris, who's certainly been up and down this year, or Otto Porter, who in 2018, while dealing with this hip injury, has not been at his best, particularly shooting the long ball. Marching Gortat has been up and down uh, as well. And, and, and look, the bench play, you know, Kelly Oubre's been, been, uh, been fine this year and Mike Scott's been a revelation, but you know, the, the, it's, it's hardly a perfect bench. So I'm not giving any of that, any of that a pass, but it, but at least for one game, they got back to doing what they need to do. I've been saying all along, I don't think this issue is, I don't think the issue here is talent. I just think the issue here is getting together and figuring out what they need to, need to do to get this win. And, you know, look, the reality is no John Wall for this game and the ball movement was a lot better. 
it's not that they can't have good ball movement with John Wall. It's just that they haven't been lately. And, and uh, you know, you guys heard me talk about that previous five-game homestand where he was averaging over 22 shots a game, essentially, in that stretch. And, and that's not going to work for this team. And the more everybody else can get be a part of this, the better it is. I mean, just looking at the shot distribution, Mike Scott, 13, Morris, 12, Otto Porter, 11, Bradley Beal, 11, Kelly Oubre, 12. Uh, you know, that, that, that's some good, that, that, you know, that, that's some good balance. Um, so we'll, so we'll see. Obviously, you know, I, I, in other words, until the, the Wizards are better off with John Wall without a question, but at the same point, we haven't seen them solve their problems with John Wall with their full complement of team. We'll see how that goes potentially Tuesday against OKC. One other thing to note here, another point I've been making a lot about is about the back of the bench and how they, the Wizards are really not using those last three roster spots for to to really help this team. And you know, if you have you have 15 players on the team in, in theory, right? And, and you've got the first team, you got the second team, and then I guess you could say there would be a third team. Now, nobody's gonna. Yeah, the, the the third team for the Wizards right now is Tim Frazier, Jason Smith, Chris McCullough, and you know an injured Sheldon Mack and, and an empty roster spot. What's key here is, and this has been the point I've been saying, it's not like that the Wizards don't have some depth. They are actually can afford, as we saw, to get by without John Wall for at least a game or two, simply because of the fact that they have a third point guard in Tim Frazier. You know, look, Tim Frazier is not going to set the world on fire when he's when he's in the game, but he can get the job done. I, you know, I, I've been, I, I've liked Tim Frazier. It just wasn't working out with this second unit largely because they don't have a group that has a lot of guys who were, who were on their own sort of getting the job done. One thing though, that was interesting by the way, well, I'll come back to that in a second. So, so, you know, Again, Tim Frazier, Thomas Sadaransky, you can get the job done with those guys because they understand what they're what they're doing. The, 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 they can make some plays, um, and, and you know, putting them out there, especially <clears throat> when, when the shots are falling, that that'll be fine. If, if somebody at power forward or center is out for a game, you've got Jason Smith. And again, I'm not saying that Jason Smith solves all your problems or makes it such that you can deal with every. You know, every type of opposing lineup. I'm just saying you have a veteran guy who's shown the ability to play, who can do certain things that you can use. But when it comes to the wings, they don't have anything. And that's why whenever Otto Porter is injured or Jody Meeks sits, Scott Brooks goes to a nine-man rotation because he doesn't have another alternative. And that's part of this problem for this team. And the fact that Jody Meeks, who, um, you know, over this course of his years has not been hitting – his, 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 his shots, you know, he, like everybody else on, on, on Saturday, he made some three for six overall, two for four from three in 10 minutes. Pretty good, pretty good numbers there. Um, but you know, over the course of the year, he hasn't had a, 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 a great year and Brooks doesn't have anywhere else to go. So to, to, this was a, a, another reminder that the Wizards can get by in, in some spots going third, going to their third stringers. They just can't get by. In all their spots, because they don't have third stringers in all their spots. It's as simple. It's as simple as that. By the way, one one other thing to note that you know, and again, it's just a one game sample, so let's not go crazy on anything. I mean, Tim Frazier's numbers were pretty crazy: fourteen assists in twenty seven minutes. I mean, just a great example of how the ball was moving 
40 assists on 49 baskets overall from the Wizards. But one thing I did, I was curious about with Frazier, you know, coming in now back with the backups when he did that before pre-Thanksgiving, the second unit just didn't have enough going on. But one thing I was curious about is since then Kelly Oubre's game has picked up a lot. And, you know, I wouldn't say put Kelly Oubre in the, in the, um, go to score category, but he's obviously improved his game a lot. His three point shooting has been impressive. He made six of 12 overall from the field, two of five from three. Uh, you know, generally speaking, you'll take that. He had a team, well, actually had a plus 17, the best off the bench. Marky Morris was a plus 22. But it was interesting to see, at least for one game, the second unit with Frazier. But now you have Ubre, um playing at a higher level. Also, Mike Scott, you know, we, we haven't been getting the the, uh, the, the, the the 70% shooting Mike Scott every game of late, but he's been, I guess it was post Frazier with the second unit where Mike Scott really picked up. So uh, it was interesting just to see from that perspective how things have changed a little bit, at least again for one game. Um, but, but that was a good, that was a good sign uh, to me on that one. All right. So <clears throat> we're going to call it, uh, call it qu- a quick, uh, quickie here on this podcast. Apologies for, so getting it up a little bit later than normal, putting it up over in the morning as opposed to my normal plan of putting it up at night, but uh, it is what it is. Um, Wizards back at it again on Tuesday against Oklahoma City. We'll uh, <clears throat> see about getting some thoughts up on that one as well. So um, we'll end it there. Thank you guys, as always, for listening. If you got any thoughts, hit me up on Twitter at Ben Standig. Send me an email, bstandig1 at gmail.com. And in general, we'll, uh, you know... See what happens. See if this win propels the Wizards to some more consistent play. How many times have you heard me say that some form of that phrase before? We will see. All right. That's it for now. Signing off. Until next time. Neal gets open for three. Dagger! Long drive. Long shot. Dagger!